Uh, what's up, everybody? Um, welcome back to Mondays Don't Suck, a uh, podcast talking all about uh, people's stories, inspirations, um, how to how to turn um, that mentality of living for the weekend to. Um, I'm one of your co-hosts, Riley Vos. I'm joined with the other co-host, Zach Rogers. Go ahead and say something, Zach. Hey guys, this is Zach. Um, yeah, we're super happy to be doing this. Uh, we look at, we're looking forward to bringing you guys a lot of interesting people, giving you some of their opinions and their perspectives on life, business, um, motivation, leadership, sports, all that kind of stuff, um, just to kind of bring a little bit of value to you and your time as you're listening to this podcast. But it's going to be fine, guys. Just tune in every week. I think we're going to be doing this about every Monday or so. Um, but we're really looking forward to this and um, kind of taking this journey with you guys. Yeah, so today we've got a pretty cool special guest. Uh, he's got a pretty stacked track history, literally. Um, if you're from Texas, you probably know who he is or keep up with track and field. You definitely know who he is. He's uh, very accomplished, has lots of accolades. He went to uh, Texas A&M University where he won a national championship um in uh in track and went on to the world games and took in as a bronze medalist world champion and ran against usain bolt but we have curtis mitchell with us tonight um so curtis what's up man how you doing man i'm doing good man thanks for having me man yeah absolutely thanks for being on the podcast today i know people are uh, super interested to hear what you have to say for sure um, so Curtis, just kind of, I know I just kind of introduced you a little bit, but just kind of tell everybody, um, who you are, um, and, uh, kind of a little brief summary of, you know, what, what you, what you're up to, what, what you've done basically. Yeah. Um, just to kind of backdoor on what you said, uh, my name's Curtis Mitchell, uh, currently a 200 meter runner specialist for Adidas. Uh, like Riley said, uh, run track. I've done some pretty amazing things so far. I'm very blessed, but. Still feel like in my head I got a long way to go. Um, it's been an incredible journey. It's been fun. Um, and, and like I said, I, I, I'm just truly blessed. Um, and, you know, this journey is, is uh, connecting me with a lot of amazing people. I've seen uh, parts of the world that I've only dreamed about. And uh, it's, it's definitely been fun and incredible. So right now I'm just, uh, I got, you know, I'm t- here in Vegas at my new training camp. Just really excited to get back, you know, going again. Uh, I really enjoy the process. The cool thing about this upcoming season is we got a world championship year. So, you know, the rest of the world, everybody's training hard um, just to try to make their respectable team for their country. And, uh, you know, everybody go to world championships next year in Doha. So I'm getting ready for that. Getting ready for for world championships. Um, Have some other things outside of track that, you know, I'm pretty excited about. Um, but you know, that's, that's pretty much what I've been up to. So everything's going good. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Heck yeah. We'd like to hear that. So, uh, I think it's worth, uh, telling the listeners kind of like how we connected. Um, because you know, I live in Tuscaloosa, <laughs> Alabama and he, Curtis, he's from, he's from Florida. That's right. Right. Curtis. Right. Florida. Yep. Florida. Daytona beach. Yeah. So he, he's out in Las Vegas right now. Um, uh, training, but yeah, me and Curtis actually met each other on a on an airplane flight. <laughs> Oddly <laughs> enough, <laughs> but right. uh, just kind of goes to show that when you're you know talk to everybody you can because you never know who you're going to meet. I mean, Curtis had the privilege of meeting me. I mean, come on. <laughs> Absolutely, but, uh, man. But so yeah, you're in uh you're in Las Vegas right now training. So kind of what's your day to day routine um look like, and what you know your pretty much daily schedule. Uh, well, of course, you know, right now, since I'm in training, I uh, wake up really early. I wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, I'm a high performer, so, you know, I live by the 5 o'clock, 5 a.m. rule. So I wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. You know, I do my great, my daily gratitude. Uh, this is Curtis Mitchell time, you know, time for me to kind of get that first W of the day, win the day, uh, working on myself, working on my mind, just trying to, you know, get everything in order, Uh you know, after that, I have a nice breakfast. Um, I'm real big on my diet and my body. So just preparing the body, preparing the mind. Training starts around 1030. Um, usually get the, the training. It's on the track from 1030 to maybe 
twelve forty-five, one o'clock. Um, we have weights added in as well, and after that, um, just depending on the type of day we have, I usually start a recovery process around like two, um, and that can be an all-day thing, you know. So from the ice bath to massage to uh, whether it's the cryo chamber, just different things that you got to do to manage your body on a daily day basis. Um, I pretty much do that between, say, 2 and 5 o'clock. <clears throat> Try to be done with everything track-related around 5. So when I go home, I can unwind. I can work on some different things, whether it's business or, you know, try to get my reading in and things like that. And kind of decompress, man, and, and get into bed and try to get nine hours of sleep to wake up and do it all over. So it's an all-day process, but, you know, I'm absolutely committed. I love it. Uh, it's my passion. And, um more than anything, man, I, I just think the, the, the great thing about um, living this lifestyle <clears throat> and, you know, just trying to chase, you know, the champion's lifestyle, man, just it, it just really puts me, I have a real disciplined life. Um, so, you know, just habits that I've built over the course of my career has enabled me and translated off the track. So uh, that's just kind of what a day with Curtis Mitchell looks like, really just trying to maximize that day so I can you know, go to the next level. So, yeah, that's really, that's really interesting, Curtis, because myself, I've, I can actually relate a little bit to that. Um, I actually was, I actually played collegiate baseball here at the university. So hearing you like um, talk about your daily routine of like going through workouts and weights and um, like training and all that kind of different stuff. Like I kind of did similar stuff, but it was more on like a smaller scale and, Obviously, I wasn't getting paid for it, but we would have to like wake up at a certain time, go to class, go to go like to the training room, get like all your treatment and that kind of stuff, and then have weights and practice and this and that. But I've always wondered like what it's like actually doing that as a job. Like a few of my roommates recently were drafted into the professional baseball draft, and they're they're like minor leagues and whatnot. But I've been talking to them lately, and it's really weird to hear someone say like, whereas like me from eight to five, I'm working in. I'm working my job. Like I'm sitting here trying to make money working like in the business world, but you guys are sitting there from eight to five. You guys are working out. You're doing like the kind of stuff that a lot of people wish that they could be doing. But for you, it kind of, well, I'm sure you still love it, but that is your job. You know, that's, that's a really different perspective that like a normal person that a normal person that's in the business world every day, their kind of relief and get away from their job is going to do what you do as your job, you know, it's, it's pretty right. different world. And I don't think a lot of people really look into it that way as, as that's how you make your money. That's how you make your living. You know, that's how you put like food on the table for your family. Right. Um, I just wanted to know kind of like how, how have you been able to like deal with that as far as like keeping that from being too much, like, God, I gotta like really compete. I gotta really like place in this spot in this race or I have to put out these results to be able to keep up with like, um, like for me, it's hitting sales numbers and stuff like that, you know, right. For you, it's like performance, um, on the athletic yeah. field and stuff like that. How, what, yeah. have you seen any like difference between going from like collegiate level to where you were more of an amateur and stuff and now being able to have like getting money for your, your finishes and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, well, just to kind of touch on, you know, your first question on how I constantly, you know, you know, deal with the constant of trying to go to the next level. For me, I kind of I operate on that level. So the way my brain works, the way I'm wired, my thoughts are always uh, kind of far ahead of the current. So I know my end goal. I know the ultimate goal. And the process brings me joy. I wake up. Uh, happy, you know, track and field is, I can honestly say track and field is my passion. It brings me a feeling that I can really, I can't really describe. And I'm talking about when everything is right, when I'm running, my body is at one with the universe. That's my playground. So for me, that feeling, I chase that feeling daily. You know, God has blessed me. I'm, I'm in the prime of my life. Like you said, I, I have an opportunity to wake up every day and run and, it's an incredible feeling that I don't take for granted. So I think if you keep things in perspective, know how blessed you are and how uh, this is an amazing opportunity that will not be here forever. Um, then I think 
you'll kind of wake up with a different mindset and, and it just allows you to always be, you know, in that mindset, like, man, you know, I, I can deal with the pressure, you know, but this is, this is an incredible opportunity. I'm a, I'm gonna try to maximize this as much as I can. Far as worldly accolades, I'm already an accomplished athlete. So I'm going to just by default, I'm going to always think gold, you know, Olympic champion, world champion, you know, world record, uh, American record. That's just the standard that I have for myself. But at the same time, on the back end, I still keep things in perspective, knowing that, you know, I enjoy this. You know, I enjoy being this intense guy that's that's chasing his dream to become number one in the world or take on the world. To me, that's like it's like I'm living a superhero movie. So that's amazing. And if I, it's like anything, whether you're in business or whatever, if you have to set your goals, we have tier goals. So it's a tier one goal, tier two goal, and a tier three. Your tier three has to be out of this world, you know, and, and as long as you keep chasing that, I feel like, you know, you'll always put yourself in position where, you know, you're, you're thankful for the outcome. So, um, you know, I don't define myself by medals i just know the type of talent that i am i know what i've done and i know what i'm capable of doing so you know i'm I'm gonna always chase that but it's just a feeling man if, if it's truly your passion um uh, because it's all we're all in this thing to self-improve and i feel like with anything in life i'm just honestly riley man just trying to grow you know and uh, i was listening to a podcast by tony robbins um a guy that i listen to all the time and true success is measured by you know, are we growing? You know, I've gotten medals. You see a lot of athletes, they get medals. They get, they have a lot of money or you have business people that has a lot of money. They reach this high level. And then a lot of these highly successful people are not happy. You know, you get to a point where you achieve so much. And I'm one of those people. So I can give you an honest feedback of what that feels like. You know, I, I've been on that podium with the fastest man to ever, to ever live. You know, I can say that. You know, and once you get to that point, as soon as you get off that stand, it's like, okay, this was great. Now I, I want to do it again. You know, how can I improve? But you hit a point where things are the same. Things are stagnant. You know, after I got my medal, sure, I had success. Sure, I was on the circuit running and making money and all that. That's all fine. But I felt like I wasn't growing because I, after the bronze, it's like, okay, it's silver or gold or just whatever the case is outside of track and field, man. So, um, just to kind of sum it back up, man, I'm just, you, you just constantly want to just grow and you keep figuring this thing out, trying to figure out, you know, different ways to get, get to the top. And I think that's the fun part about it. So, um, yeah, man, I, I really, you know, when I walk away from this thing, you know, we got this next three years is huge in track and field. I don't know if you, if you know, but next year's a world championship year. Then we have the Olympic games. Then we have worlds back here on, on USA soil. So it's, it's it's a lot of opportunity to make a lot of noise and to make history again. Um, but, you know, track and field is one of those sports, man, you just have to be patient. You know, you have athletes. Um, a friend of mine, uh, she, you know, had one of her best training sessions in, in two years. And it's just the little victories like that because you be so absent away from the sport. But just those people like me and, and, and people like that that's constantly chasing this thing, um, you know, you, you realize people putting their whole life in real life just to have that feeling again that the track provides when you're at that level, regardless of whatever you accomplish, whether you accomplish Olympic gold or NCAA championships or whatever. You know, when it's truly your passion, you just chase it relentlessly. And that's just basically what I'm doing. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. Um, so, yeah, I just want to, like, really point out to the people listening kind of like how much of a stud you are. Um, I mean, you're an Adidas sponsored athlete. Um, you've, you raced and you, we've mentioned this, but you, you won bronze in the world championship and raced against Usain Bolt, which is known as, you know, the fastest man alive. Um, and, and you came, you came to a person behind him basically. Um, so like after, you know, doing things like that, um, where it's like you're you like you said you're the top tier of your your field right now um so like what keeps you motivated and um you know how do you how do you how do you set your goals and then how do you go and achieve those goals yeah that's a great question um so for me i don't want to be known 
and 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 again, I want to make sure our word is right for the viewers listening. I'm very, very blessed and grateful, and that race changed my life forever. Like once I crossed the line, and I and I got even whether I got a medal or not, making the finals and just being there, my life was already changed. But what I took away from that was I was 24 years old. I see see myself as a young a young man then. You know, I wasn't in my prime. I'm just very, very gifted, and I work extremely hard, and, you know, I was just special. And I got my success at 24 years old. That's when I first got my world title. I was an NCAA champion at 21. At 18, I was the fastest 18-year-old in the world. So I kind of felt like God prepared me for that. Um, and that's another reason why I got a tattoo on my chest called the Chosen One, because I literally feel like that. And for me now... When I got that bronze, I don't want to be known as the guy that got bronze behind you saying, but because to be honest with you, I went in that race to win. I felt like I belong. I felt like, you know, I deserve to be in this race. I deserve, like, I gave myself a shot. If you look at that championship, I had the fastest time going into that finals. That's my current personal best, 1997. So moving forward, that was only a taste of what I felt like I can accomplish. So I'm like, here I am, 24. And mind you, like, that that was a crazy year for me. Like, I wasn't dominating on the circuit, but I'm a championship runner. When the lights come on and his title's on the line, Curtis Mitchell delivers. That's just what it's, what it's always been. So moving forward for me, um, now heading into my prime as a man, it's just simple. Like, I want to dominate. I want to become the fastest man on the planet. And that's what I'm chasing towards. That's what I'm working towards. Um, and obviously, there's some more goals. You know, that's, that's huge for me that I want to attack. You know, and I, and I want to add some more medals to my collection. And if I got a bronze behind the fastest man to ever live, and he's in, you know, what what can I not do? It's nothing that I haven't seen. So, for me, I just chase that with so much passion. And, and my fire just never died. That's just kind of how I'm wired. And, uh and like I said, I put everything on the line for my dream. I, I've, I've literally gave everything to track and field. Um, I refuse to give up. I've traveled to South Africa. I've traveled to Arizona. I've traveled to different camps because this is my dream, and I, I'm not going to stop until I until I get back out there. And um, that's just the fire, you know. And uh, a lot of people talk it, but this is really who I am. This is really what I want. And you know, it's, it's just some things personally, man, that I've already shown myself I'm built for this. You know, from, you know, my, my journey of junior college, sleeping in the garage, those things early on in my life, you know, molded me and shaped me into the person I am today on and off the track. You know, because if you're not built mentally for this, you know, you'll you're just have an early exit. So, um, and like I keep going back to it, I'm in year eight, very blessed to be with Adidas, uh, I signed a 10-year deal, so my, my deal is up when I'm 31. Most people don't get three contracts, so it's just been incredible, man. So, uh, But, yeah, my my main goal is to you know, become the fastest man on planet Earth. Yeah, that, that'd be a really – I guess that'd be a really wild thing to be able to say about yourself. Um, but what for some of those other listeners out there that might not be too familiar with, like, the track and field – um lifestyle and everything just like a really quick question before i hit on these next two questions but what is like the kind of lifespan of like a track athlete because i know like with with other sports it kind of differs just depending on like yeah like golfers can be still in there right still hitting like good times and good like scores when they're like 60 and then a lot of right. times like baseball players are it's like before you're 30 you know so like i know you said you're right around that age of 28 or whatever um so what, and you said you were kind of going into your prime right now. So yeah. what does that like lifespan look like for a, um, I guess from like whenever you're running as a, a junior all the way up until the days or the years before you retire? Yeah. Um, so me, excuse me, I'm a very spiritual guy. So I believe, I believe heavily, you know, in the God. And I just feel like it's, it's whenever God allows you to, to say you know, when, it, when it's time for you to stop, everybody in this sport is different. Me, I'm a late bloomer, so I started track and field early. I mean, late. Uh, I only ran track for three months in high school. That was it. So I took track serious in junior college. So my 29 
and a guy that's been running since he was in middle school or all through high school that's ran all these races will be different uh, than his 29. And now you're starting to see so much technology and there's so much things out there for the guys, for people to preserve the body. And you're seeing people last longer. You have a guy, Kim Collins. I mean, Kim is like 40 years old and still running 10 ones, 10 O's. Uh, you you know, you had the Justin Gatlin's of the world, 35, Tyson Gaze, 34. Uh, and I just think it's about how you, you know, you take care of your body. So, um, and I feel like I'm hitting my prime just based off my body changes and what I feel. Um, that's why I feel like that. So, um, but, you know, on paper, according to statistics, I say around, they say for males, around 30, 31 is the yeah. average, like, peak performance when you, Michael Johnson didn't break the world record until he was 32. Carmelita Jetta didn't PB until she was like 30, 32, 33. So uh, it just kind of depends, you know. It, it just varies. But I say around the early 30s or, you know, late 20s, just just kind of depends on how, how well you're taking care of yourself. Yeah, that's cool. I think that's another thing that a lot of people can translate to any walk of life is um, just really taking care of your body and, Right. As an athlete, I can I can confidently say if you take care of your body, it's going to take care of you. Absolutely, no matter what you're doing. Absolutely. Um, but kind of hearing that and seeing like how long you've been doing in, doing the sport, um, and then you say you're a late bloomer and all. But um, I, would you mind kind of walking us through kind of like one of the highest points of your career? Not even your career, but maybe just your life in general, and then kind of hit on like one of those lowest points in your life that you kind of hit, maybe you hit rock bottom or you hit right above rock bottom, but it was one of those points where you almost like gave up on something or you're questioning why you were doing something. Um, kind of run us through like that high and that low of your life that you've seen so far. Yeah. For me, I think my high, my first, you know, I, I got, I said I have two. So, um, Signing my scholarship to go to Texas A&M, that was huge for me. After I got my associate's degree, um, I graduated from junior college, knowing everything I went through. I mean, it was tough out there in California. I'm 18 years old. My mom raised me. I left I left home. Um, I had to find a way to make it happen, and I did. And I ended up walking away with a degree. So, And I when I went to Texas A&M University for the first time, even with my my visit, my mom was out there, and I was just like, yo, this is, this is incredible. Like, you know, I'm, I'm here I am at this big university. Like, I felt like I made it. So, for me, that was, that was pretty dope. And then later on that summer, uh, well, actually, I won nationals indoors that same year, but outside, when, you know, outdoor season came, two weeks after NCAAs was my first time running under 20. And when I did that, my life changed. And I think I kind of knew because the first person I hugged was my mom. And I told her we did it because I had been chasing that time, 19.9, since I was junior college. So I had it written down on a piece of paper, 19.99. And it was uh, I taped it to my door. So every morning I would see that time. I didn't run 19 in junior college, but I ran I ran pretty good. But I just knew in my head, I just knew that was the magic number, 19.9, 19.9. Uh, so when I finally ran it, you know, it's a video up on YouTube. Uh, my junior college coach, he made like this highlight. And on the video, you just see me just screaming, jumping around, rolling on the track, just full of raw emotions. Like, I can't believe I just did this. So I think that was definitely a high. My, my you know, one of my favorite highs. Low for me was 2012, 2013. Um when I came out of school, I signed in 2011, um, and I moved to Florida. So my first two years professional was terrible. I had a, a stress reaction in my foot and my navicular bone. Um, I was placed in a boot. My first professional race indoors it went terrible. Um, second year, I wasn't even ranked top 100 in the world. Um, but the good thing about Adidas, they give you that grace period where they work with the athletes. So my two years was kind of that transition, that transitional phase from, you know, NCAAs to the pros. And it was it was tough. Um, and I think going into 2013, I was facing uh, contract reduction. I got my contract reduced because, you know, Spencer was like, well, my 
shoe company was like, hey, man, you know, these rankings are not where they need to be at. You need to do X, Y, and Z because you signed a three-year deal. So the way track works, you sign three years with an option fourth year. So after your third year, your shoe company has the option to either keep you on that contract, not pick up the contract, or increase your contract. Um, so they basically told me if I didn't do X, Y, and Z, which was basically do the impossible, yeah. make the U make the USA team, and then not only make the USA team, I have to go and make the World Championship final. You know, if I want to continue on earning another scholarship, because I came out of school, the the more you sign for coming out of school, the higher standard you're held to. So if I come out of school as the guy then I have to maintain the guy's status throughout my contract because that's what I signed for. And anything less than that performance, then it's stated in your contract. They can take whatever percentage based off how bad it is. So um, 2013, I just hit a, a real – I got to a point where, um, you know, it was just real low for me. It, it, was, it was real low for me. But I bounced back. Uh, I bounced back from it, um, and I was able to – make the team but i say my most recent low um that i can kind of really pinpoint that's had me in the rut was these last couple of years facing injury you know just facing injury um and again it's hard for me for a guy like myself because i'm a medalist so i'm held at a different standard that a lot of people don't understand you know and yeah it's i'm, I'm chasing the medals but just not being able to be out there and not being able to run at my capabilities is has got to be has been one of the most challenging things. And staying focused and positive throughout the process has been, you know, a huge challenge. But, um, you know, I've, I've found myself uh, in a situation where I had to be tough. You know, I, I had to be tough. And you never know how strong you are until strong is all you got. I could have been one of those guys that say, you know what? I've accomplished what I've accomplished. This is cool. Let me just run off in the sunset and just go get a regular job. I just do whatever because I've already done it. You know, I, I've could have done that many a times. And you see a lot of, you see a lot of my, you know, my peers or colleagues, a lot of people retire. A lot of people start the family life or a lot of people just quit. You know, they get intimidated about rising stars. There's just a lot that goes with it. Um, but that's never been me. So, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah. bounce back from it, man. Just just do hard work. Um, yeah, it's all about that bounce back. You, uh, yeah. You've proven you can do it. Um, yeah, I, I, it's interesting what you said about, like, how people will get so discouraged and pretty much just quit, especially as these generations keep going through. I, I've kind of seen, like, you know, my age range of the 22 year old, like we've just never been told no all our lives. And then you get out in the real world and you face real world consequences and, you know, not everybody's there to love and hug and hold you and people just quit and they're, they're, they're people are getting soft is what it is. And um, I think, I think not to cut you off, but I, I just think I, you know, can contribute the way I am, like we go back to what I said earlier, once you develop a certain uh, list of habits, because um, successful people are disciplined people. So once you're disciplined and you have these habits to be successful, that's what's going to carry you through those dark times. That's what's going to get you through those days of doubt because it will kick in. It kicks in with everybody. What's going to get? What's going to wake you up out of the bed? What's your why? And I feel like if your wise kind of suspect, how you would never reach your full potential. Anything, anytime any adversity comes your way, you're going to contemplate it. Like, I feel like I've been through so much in my life. Nothing can really come my way where it's going to make me just quit on my dream. Because I feel like all I technically need is a track at this point. I've done so many repetitions. I've done so many of this and that. If I had to train myself, I'm willing to go there. Like I'm, I've already made a commitment in my mind, and I said this on the interview um, to somebody. They said, "What makes you different?" And I said, "Because I can go places mentally most people just can't go." 
that's just simple. That's good. Um, yeah, that's that's real good. And honestly, I think a lot of it too has to do with um, well, mentality, like you said, and and then honestly, faith. Um, and that that plays a big part in everything, honestly. Um, but yeah, I couldn't imagine the pressure you have to face, especially like going through injuries and stuff when your your career depends on your performance. Um, and so there, there's just so much pressure there. But earlier you mentioned a little bit about, you know, growing up. And I think there's a lot to say about that if you want to get into that a little bit. Um, but a lot of people nowadays feel like the odds are stacked against them with their family life, whether <coughs> they come from like a poor family or single parent or whatever it is. But just kind of what, how, how was your, how was growing up with you? Obviously you probably didn't see yourself as a track superstar when you were a kid. Um, and so what kind of growing up led you to where you are now and your inspirations growing up to, to produce the, the man that you are today, the pretty much the grinder, the hardworking guy that you are. I actually did. You know, this is, this is a childhood dream of mine. I told my dad while he was incarcerated, I used to say it all the time. I want to be the fastest man on earth. I want to be the fastest man in the world. I, I said that. Um, and, you know, that was one of those things, you know, you just figure out you fast through the neighborhood. And I knew I had the talent then, but it was situational. You know, dad's incarcerated, mom, single parent, working two jobs. Um, so I, I, but I think, you know, the hard working part and the relentless and the grind part, that's 100% I get that from my mom. Watching her work two jobs and sacrifice her life and the things that we went through over the course of, you know, me growing up. Uh, my mom has been the biggest inspiration and the person that I looked up to. Because just think, it wouldn't be no me had my mom given up. You know, and we, and, and it was it was way different. You know, it wouldn't be no Curtis Mitchell if she just had woke up one day and be like, you know what, this is just too much for me. You know, uh, or, you know, yeah, life is hard, but if she would have really took things personal, like, oh, life is suck, life sucks. You know, my dad went away, left us you know, by herself and whatever the case is, but she never gave up on me. You know, she never not went to work. You know, my mom get up at 4 a.m. And we're talking about going to, you know, nursing homes, cleaning old people for a living. You know, that's that takes a different type of grind. People don't, a lot of people can't relate to that. But I seen that. I seen my mother do that. And I seen my mother come home and wash my clothes and cook food for me. And while she's exhausted, you don't really... You know, understand it, you know, growing up, I understand it now. And I think that rubbed off because as soon as she let the chains off me and I graduated high school and went to California, I just knew one thing, outwork everybody. And that's just been my formula. That's just been my formula, you know, outwork everybody. And that's work. Hard work works. So, um, but you know how the story, the story is, you know, it was very, it was very tough, uh, Growing up without my dad, you know, growing up in Daytona Beach, um, but I was surrounded by my family. You know, I had I got a great family. Never got in any any serious trouble with the law, but you know, growing up a male, man, it's just tough. It's it's tough, but you know, like I said, everything happens for a reason, and it's made me the person I am today. Um, oh yeah, and you know, that's that's all you can really ask for. So. Yeah, that's like um, my mom. She, uh, she she'd kill me if she heard me saying this, but I don't think she knows how to work a podcast. So I think we're good. But um, she uh, she got kicked out of her house when she was fifteen. Um, just lived in a it was just a bad situation, um, abusive abusive place. Um, contemplated suicide. Was actually was going going to commit suicide and. Uh, that was the day that she actually got saved and everything. But um, if you if you met her today, you never know that she came from something like that. And it's just because she's like, you can't, like she always told me growing up, you can't let your situations determine your outcome. And um, that's just something I see with you <coughs> is like, you know, you've got, you've got some odds stacked against you, but, you know, you keep going and pushing yourself and outworking people. And, you know, you can't, think poor pitiful me uh, this has happened and this has happened but 
you just gotta keep on trucking along. Right. And see, uh, I think too, like when you research and you look at all successful people, successful people are de- they're they're built differently. And once you start doing your research and you seek out um, these individuals, you see that we all have the same type of thing about us. You know, it's just that relentlessness. You know, you can't, the moment you get out of taking things personal, you realize like the only way you're going to progress in this world, you have to be optimistic. You know, you have to, you have to know how to turn a bad situation into a positive situation. You know, and I just kind of felt like even as a man, you know, you don't want to throw, you don't want to take things personal, throw a pity party because how are you going to, how are you going to progress? That's time that's slowing you down. And, and that's just how I kind of look at it. Yeah, that's, I know kind of but hearing both of y'all give y'all's input about that, kind of being about circumstances and stuff like that, I can kind of speak from that as being an athlete growing up and everything like that. I kind of had a dad that would push me pretty hard and push me to the limits to points where, like, I was in a cage hitting hitting balls, like baseball, like when I was, like, 12 to, like, 18, you know, and there's times where I got so frustrated with him so frustrated with myself that I was almost like, I was like, I, I like, this is too much. I don't see the point of this right now, but I think it's really black and white. How you said a lot of us that kind of have are successful and have seen success. There's a, there's an underlying factor that is very similar between us. And it basically it's black and white. You, you can either say yes, or you can say no, you can go to the gym or you can't go to the gym. You can get off the couch or you can't get off the couch. It's really simple. And I think a lot of people just, overlooked at sometimes and they'll let excuses get in the way and stuff like that but um i just really respect that about you and the fact that like you you kind of look to your mom as inspiration for that and a lot of people i know for me i i didn't i mean i probably had a pretty pretty good like situation and circumstance growing up but um I respect that about a ton of like whether you're successful in the business world, whether you're successful in the athletic world, um, whatever that may be. If you didn't have like the best circumstance growing up and and, and people love those kind of stories, too. But I just think that speaks volumes to who you are as a person and who your mom like raised you up as a person as well. Um, But kind of I'm sure you've had tons of coaches, tons of teammates, tons of like influential people in your life but and i know now you're probably an influential person in tons of people's lives as well but kind of in your opinion everyone has this it's becoming a very heavily used and almost over it's it's a buzzword these days but being a leader and leadership is used heavily around a lot of millennials and business owners and um sports people and stuff like that but we all kind of have our own definition to what a leader is, but kind of walk us through and give us your opinion on what you think is a leader. What are some characteristics? How do they handle um, others? Because I think that's a huge part for me personally is how does a leader interact with others, whether that's sitting back and letting um, the situation kind of develop and uh, analyzing it as it goes on, or if that's one of those people that kind of steps up and kind of commands the situation and gets in front and leads from the, the front. Um, but kind of walk us through what you see as a leader, what you think is a good leader, what you think might be a little bit too much of a bad leader or whatever that is, but just kind of give us a little bit of outtake and what you think about that. Yeah. Well, my version would be, you know, uh, what I think a leader would be somebody who embodies, first of all, in order to become an effective leader, a natural leader and a great leader, Whatever the vision is that you're trying to lead, you must embody that. That's that that must be who you are. So yeah. before you can lead a tribe, you must lead yourself. And I think what separates me is I've mastered myself. Like I'm on this self-mastery type of journey. So I'm aware of what I'm what's going on. Like when you run across me, you wouldn't get energy that I'm all over the place. I have a vision and I'm working towards that vision. I do things, uh, in order to get to where I'm trying to go. So with people around me, um, if they're trying to do the same thing, whether it's track and field, they see that people, people are going to, people are going to follow you and lead based off the examples that you set. You know, I'm, I'm not a, you know, you could talk it, but you also have to walk it. And I think a leader is somebody that naturally just knows how to, uh, 
you know, put people in position to be successful, um, just just naturally. You know, they 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 force people to be great. They bring out the best in people. You know, they people want to be around them, but just because of what they represent, and um, you know, the, the the great leaders know how to how to bring that out of people. Um, but you can see in every great leader um, just how they live, their lifestyle, and whatever the vision is. Like I said, they must embody that wholeheartedly. You know, how you going before we change the world, we must change ourselves. So. Uh, that that's my definition of a leader and you know you have all different types of leaders but i just think a true leader leads by example and he's a person it's a leader is a person that knows what's going on they they, they bring out the absolute best in people and they put people in a position where they inspire when you're around a great leader or somebody who's you know you feel like they're in that position to be that leader you should feel inspired by this person and that's what i feel like you know i do to others through my journey and through my story so it makes my everyday journey even more worthwhile because i know it's bigger than myself and when people see me you know for me it's second nature it's innate you know my my like my habits or what i do what i chase what i speak that's why i'm able to do a podcast with you on the fly you know, nothing is scripted, nothing is, you know, if you meet me just like you met me on that plane, you know, what was I doing? I had my books, I had my routine, you know, was was there to take care of business, you know, and that's just what it is. And you feel inspired, you walk away, you build those those relationships and you look at that person like, man, this this person is influential. They they have a, a gift about them that most people just don't have. So, and that's my definition. One thing I've noticed with you is, well, from meeting you and then following you on Instagram and stuff, do you read a lot? <laughs> so yeah. is that like something you see? I've always heard the term leaders or readers. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I've I've actually uh, made it my business. Like I said, we talked about that earlier, like just going to the gym. You know, you have two decisions when you wake up. We all have the same 24 hours. What you choose to do with yours is what you choose to do with it. You know, once, like I said again, I keep going back to this. I'm on this self-development uh, path, the self-development journey, the self-mastery. You know, I want to keep growing, and I don't want to stay stagnant. It's more than just track and field. I'm more than just a runner. You know, I'm so much more to that. And the moment we stop educating ourselves, the moment we stop picking up books, I've been in that mode. You just feel, I don't want to feel like I don't know what's going on. The more you know, the more valuable you are to the world. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to inspire the world. I'm trying to, you know, change the world, influence the world, and you know, give myself that freedom that I that I that I need. So I just, I just would rather read than spend my time playing Fortnite or doing anything like that. I need to progress, especially at this age of my life. I don't have time to, to you know, waste. I really don't. So, and all the great entrepreneurs, all the great minds, all the great leaders all the great athletes, the people that I look up to that, you know, inspire my life. This is what these people do. So I want to be like the people I inspire to be like. So that's what I read. Yeah. That's, I think that's like a, between like our age group, which I still consider you in our age group. I, th I think right. that's like a lost art that a lot of people have kind of let be drowned out by, um, TV and video games. Everybody, and music every, right now. You you got to think we're in the social media world, so it's it's more imperative that you read and pick up a book. You know, it's more important. Like you can get this stuff at a rapid pace, and a lot of people. I try to tell them, dude, you'll be surprised. Now everybody's starting this. You know, like now entrepreneurship wave is a big wave now. Everybody wants to be entrepreneurs. You know, everybody's starting to figure out that to go to school, go to college, 401k, retire, that plan doesn't work, you know, but I just refuse to be the one that don't, you don't want to be 50 years old and realize, oh shit, man, the way the world is changing, I can't retire off $40,000, I can't retire off $100,000, you know, I, I can't just not have one hustle, you know, I need to know, I need to study on passive income, you know, you need to have at least seven incomes to really have a shot at this thing out here in real life. And it's all in the information. It's all in the reading. It's all about what you apply yourself to digital marketing, just all different types of stuff. 
and I try to put my little cousins on it because again, it's about breaking that generational curse. I don't want to become a part of the cycle. I want to break the cycle and I see the cycle. I didn't grow up in a household where my mom taught me or I, I had people teach me about credit, investing, or, you know, just different things like that. You know, how to put myself in position. I want to be able to do that for my kids. I can't leave my kids Adidas spikes. I can't leave my kids anything from Adidas. So once this is all said and done, what what is Curtis Mitchell going to have to leave behind? You know, so you have to you have to realize you have to really see the bigger picture and the bigger vision, man. So yeah. So Curtis, um, since you are such an avid reader, um, go ahead and give our listeners a list of like your top three um, books that you've read recently. Well, my first, my top is Relentless. Love that book. Relentless is a is a really good one. High Performance Habits, amazing book. Super amazing book. And Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I've also yeah. read Rich That Poor That. So I got is, I got that book too. So Is Relentless a Gary V book? Yes. Yeah. That's yes. what I thought. Um I'm a I'm a Gary V follower. I I, I tune into stuff all the time. Me and Zach both do actually. Um that dude's he knows he knows he's got it together for sure. But um you talked a little bit about like different you know incomes and everything you know besides being an athlete how do you kind of diversify yourself and what are you doing in other ways to you know not even necessarily make money but diversify yourself and setting up a plan i guess when it is time to hang up the the spikes just having a team having a team uh putting together my strategy of, of what I, I kind of know what I want to do. You know, I'm real big into, you know, real estate um, and it's supply and demand. You know, you, you find a, you find a problem and you offer a solution. You know, that's what all great leaders, especially in this millennium world, being an entrepreneur, if you want to, you know, make, you know, real high volumes and, and, and really do, you know, good numbers. Uh, that's the, that's, that's what you got to come up with. And obviously, you know, I offer, a solution you know it's 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 a problem with speed a lot of people don't teach speed um, properly and what better guy you know in regards to that so it's just so many different avenues i can go but just properly planning taking you know each you know taking time out of each day to to properly plan put the team together i mean i got some big stuff coming up um soon that i'm really excited about you know my marketing team we're for the launch you know this amazing uh, coaching opportunity to to interact, you know, with my different followers, you know, online. That's going to be huge worldwide. So, I mean, I'm excited about that. You know, um, that does really well. That, that can really set me up and put me in position. Um, I'm partnering uh, with, a, with a gym out here in Las Vegas uh, to train kids, and, and they're on the uprise to expand. So, I mean, it's, it's just really getting with the right people. And, you know, planning, planning things is not going to take away. So everything that I'm trying to do off the track is not taking away from, you know, my focus, which is, which is good. So, yeah, sounds like you've got figured out. Um, you kind of talking about planning everything makes you think of one of my, one of my old math teachers told me this quote is, uh, uh, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. And that's something I've always thought you've, you've got to have a plan. And I, w- I was that kid, like, in high school that thought it was cute to, like, be like, oh, I don't know what I want to do in college or, like, I don't want to – I don't know what I want to do when I graduate or, you know, right. just be the kid that's like, I don't know, whatever, just go with the flow. But, um, you know, that can come back to really bite you in the butt. And uh, yeah. it's it's good to prepare and plan, <laughs> you know, a few steps ahead and uh, prepare for the future. Right. Um, but just kind of wrapping up. Uh, I know you've got a lot going on here soon. You got you're training for the World Games, everything, um, and you, like you've got some cool stuff that you can't even necessarily talk about right now. But uh, people need to be watching out for. But uh, how can people connect with you? Uh, I know on Instagram and everything, but uh, what's the way people connect can connect to you, follow you on social media, and uh, just keep up with what you're doing every day. 
and uh, see what life is like for Curtis Mitchell. Yeah, I'm pretty active on Instagram. So my Instagram is Mr. Dot underscore 200. Um, and if you go on there, you'll see Curtis Mitchell on Verify. Facebook, same thing, Curtis Mitchell. Twitter, not really active on Twitter. I'm on it, but it's just kind of one of those things. But it's Mr. Mitchell 200M. Um, but, again, I'm real active on Instagram. I'm coming up with something real big to even give a more uh, deeper experience to my life and my journey. But, yeah, I just you know, Instagram is where I'm at, and that's pretty much where my life is at, my journey, and just follow me there. Yeah, you guys, you listeners out there, y'all better give our boy Curtis a follow on the gram and Twitter. Um, but, Curtis, before we head out, the way we kind of want to – um, in these podcasts and let our listeners leave with a little nugget is um, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given in, in your life that you want to leave, um, leave us with? The best advice I can give is go after your dreams. You're going to accomplish anything in this world if you believe and never let nobody take that from you. Never. And if you believe that, if you believe you can achieve, you can achieve. So, just stay focused, have faith, trust God. And, you know, you only get one. So just do whatever makes you happy and just do it with love and passion and respect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you, well, you heard it here, guys. Um, thank you so much, Curtis, for coming in or tune or calling in with us today. Um, we really appreciate it. I think a lot of people love, will love to hear your story and, uh, You'll inspire a lot of people. But yeah, everybody go follow him on Instagram. He's super active. You can His stories are really cool, how he trains, uh, recoveries, what he's reading. Uh, shoot him a DM. He replies to mine, so he may reply to yours. Uh, but yeah, Curtis, thanks so much for, for coming in today, dude. And uh, good luck with everything you've got going on, and we'll be rooting for you with everything. Hey, man, thanks for having me, man. It was a pleasure. And then uh, you guys yeah, take and, care, um, man. All of our uh, listeners out there, uh, if you have if you have a question or anything, uh, you can go to the, download the Anchor app, send in a question, and we will feature it on um, one of our shows and answer your question. If you have a question for Curtis or anything, um, send those in or DM Curtis. But thanks for tuning in, guys, um, and we'll see you all next week.